Play Hating Justice, then you come to the right place. This week, my case is called La Bruja. La Bruja. That's right. <laughs> this is a Halloween. What is your case shit. called? <laughs> teenage. Teenage or teenager? Teenage. Teen. The teenage. Age. The age of the teen. Not teenager. Who is a teen aged person. You're talking about the age of the teen. Uh, Let me name my fucking case whatever the fuck I want. Teenage is the name of the fucking case. Oh, okay. Listen, Susanna, I take no shit from you this week, you know. Let me tell you a story. I've been holding it just to tell you today. I ordered KFC three times. <laughs> this bitch. Why? In one why? day. What? <laughs> exactly. So this is really a story about Uber Eats <laughs> and a person standing up for themselves. <laughs> okay. This is the situation. My mother left, went back to Trinidad, <laughs> and I am now responsible for fending for myself again. <laughs> so I'm supposed to start this hypothyroid diet, and then I was like, I have one more day, which is this Sunday. So you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to eat fried chicken and do my nails and have some alcohol. So I have a beer. I get my nail stuff out. I'm like, I'm going to order some fried chicken. I wasn't in the mood to have like the Popeyes, the churches. I just wasn't. I just, yeah, I just wasn't in the mood. Okay. I stopped eating KFC years ago, right? Okay. Which for the Trinis listening to this, you're probably wondering how because kfc is like a national staple yeah but i did because every time i ate it i would get sick right (laughs) so i was like i don't have to live like this (laughs) so i stopped people watched me dead in the eye i was like you can't stop having kfc like it was a cult (laughs) (laughs) so i haven't had kfc for years Mm -hmm. until a couple years ago a couple years back my uncle ordered it and i didn't want to be rude so i had it did you get get sick sick. oh okay so I was like, okay, maybe I can have it every now and then. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling for the chicken. It was there. I said, you know what? I'm going to order KFC. Mm-hmm. Put in my order. Ordered this is enough. Sunday. This is Sunday. Okay. Ordered enough so I had extra chicken for, for later. Ma- yeah. Not for oh. Monday, just later. Okay, okay. And I'm like, okay, this is perfect. You know? Don't have to cook for the whole day because I'm going to eat salad from tomorrow. Remember? <laughs> my new life starts tomorrow. Cheers to that. Che- cheers. <laughs> <laughs> We say that as we drink on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> anyway. This is a new life. A new year. So I'm like, my new life starts tomorrow. Don't worry about it. The food is being prepared. You know how Uber Eats gives you these updates? Like, uh-huh. KFC has your order. KFC's preparing your order. Your order is almost done. You better so don't talk so, shit about KFC because we uh, can be ever. Susanna, no. I'm, I'm talking shit about Uber Eats and I have the receipts Bitch, for it. Bitch, we still can get it. I have the receipts for it. Let them come for me. These are just facts <laughs> at this point. So I was like, okay, I'm watching the thing. You know, they give you the little updates. I'm like, okay, things are going, things well, are going. Right price food, is, right food is, wow. Food is going to be delivered <laughs> at this time. <laughs> They say my courier, let's name him Brad, is on his way to pick up my mm-hmm. order. The order is supposed to be delivered. Brad has picked up your order. Two minutes before Brad is supposed to reach a message. 
your courier encountered a problem and cannot <laughs> deliver the order. So I was like, what the fuck happened to Brad? <laughs> Did he get hit back? Did he drop the food? Did he eat it? Did he just say, fuck it, I think I want to eat the KFC and take it home? Uh, that would be probably me as a Me, that's me as a 100%. Right? So, I'll be like, mm, you're eating again. So this is it. I'm like, okay, something happened to Brad. Right. I can't hold this against Uber Eats. Something no. happened to Brad. I hope yes. Brad is okay. Yes. But still want, your, but still want my KFC. Yeah. So now right. I go back and I just press the reorder button because who's going through all the trouble of putting my things in carts? Nobody. I just you. press reorder. So then... Same thing happened. I go through the whole emotional roller coaster of getting and this order. Brand to, Brad 2.0? It's coming. No. Then I see this. Send Sheila to pick up. That's not her name. I just yeah. call her name. Sheila to pick up the order. She was mm-hmm. walking. Because this is right around the corner. Like, not far. Not close enough, but like, not far. Okay. So, like, give Sheila a minute. Sheila picking up your order. And she walking. I was like, Sheila, take your time. You know? Like, <laughs> just take your time. and get here. Uh-huh. Then I see Sheila abandon the order <laughs> and gave the order to somebody else. So now I see Glenn Roy <laughs> picking up the order instead. <laughs> so I'm like, what is going on here? So I get on the phone. Exactly. Give me my fucking chicken. So I get on the phone with Uber Eats. I said, listen, listen. Brad was getting it first. He encountered no. a problem. Mm-hmm. Then he sent Sheila. Sheila mm-hmm. seemed to have an issue. Sheila leave it. Maybe she was now, vegetarian. No. Glenn Roy has now gone to pick up the order. And I just want to know, is this chicken getting delivered this time? <laughs> the guy on the phone, his name is Steve. S-T-E-E-V-E. That's actually the name. Mm-hmm. And Steve was like, girl, Glenn Roy, have your order. And he come in with your chicken. Yeah, right? what are you talking about? Yeah, and then he said, you know... For the inconvenience, mm. I'll give you 20% up to $16 off, which means they're not giving me 20% of the order yeah. off. They're just giving me 20% as long as that does not exceed $16. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, whatever. I just want my chicken. Yeah. He's like, Glenn Roy done pick up your food and yeah. on his way. It's on I am about to type okay when I get a phone call. Who is it? Glenn, Glenn Roy. Roy. <laughs> Glenn Roy is like, I'm lost. No. He goes, how is Uber Eats taking your order? This KFC is closed. These other two bitches knew. <laughs> exactly. Mama, uh, why, why didn't you say anything? Nothing. What are you this piece of shit? I am like, I'm on the phone with Glenn right now. Glenn Roy, God bless you. Glenn Roy <laughs> knows the struggles of being waiting for he this. And you feel you can smell it. Uh, yeah, he goes, uh, I yeah. came to pick up your order. And this KFC <laughs> is closed. I said, well, what the fuck? So now I get back on the phone with Steve, right? Steve, mother God. No, but what Steve doesn't know is that I've had a hard couple <laughs> weeks. So I wasn't taking any shit from Steve. No, Steve is like, no. I'm so sorry. First he said, let me look into this. He's like, yeah, call Glen no, Roy. No, look right? into shit. So Where said, the fuck are you looking? I said, call Glen Roy. And then he comes <laughs> back and he was like, I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. And then he says, um, we can cancel your order free of charge. And that tripped me out. It's like, of course, I never got any chicken. The two times I ordered chicken. Then he was like, is that satisfactory for you? Now, it's Chanel of before would have been like, 
Yes, you know, I'm not trying to push nobody. But this Chanel, the one who's here, she's like, no, fuck that. I wanted all. So I was like, no, that's not enough. Y'all make me wait. Yeah, I heard that. Twice. Yes. I heard yes. twice. I was like, yes, I deserve I'm to cancel yes. this order free of charge and, and a credit. A yes. 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 <laughs> You're here <laughs> starving. So I'm tripping out. Uh-huh. I'm tripping yeah, out. Yeah, tell him. Tell Steve him. replies, I can give you $5 off. No, fuck I you. Said, Take your $5 with the sun. Said, don't shine. I said $5 isn't even going to cover the service fees. Y'all are going to charge me for this chicken that I'm probably still going to order. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm there I losing it. Chicken. I can't even remember all these things Steve I said. Fucker. Uh-huh. No, but then I broke Steve. <laughs> Steve replies. He goes... He goes, Chanel. <laughs> he says, Sean. He goes, I am just an Asian. <laughs> Listen, no. He, he, goes, he goes, Chanel. I am just an Asian. I have my limitations. <laughs> I have limitations. The sky is the limit. Give me that chicken. And then I felt so bad for fucking with Steve. No, no, no. I was like, Steve, no, no, no. Okay, just no, give me my no. $5. From someone that has worked a customer service. Customer service one fucking one. Unless the person said, you, Steve, motherfucker, Steve. <laughs> which I'm pretty sure there have been a lot of people that go like there. Not personal. Me. I did not do that. But no. you, when you took the customer service job, you are representing the company. Now, the company does some shitty stuff that's not on the that's not on the client you need to understand you need to understand and you better than nobody unless you're new steve you know the company does this shit so don't be like oh don't make it personal you are making it personal uber i never said you steve went and closed the kfc and sent cam and glenn roy and all everybody else all i know is now is i should have called you when i was on the phone with steve Mm-mm. because i caved i felt so bad for fucking with steve i was like just give me my five dollars and i got off the phone and what i learned is that whole uber eats thing where they're like telling you this is preparing your order they don't know anything they have no idea this is all automated and maybe i'm dumb and everybody knew that but i actually thought they're preparing your order they're getting it ready your order is ready for collection you know what i mean yeah like i don't know why i stupidly thought it was true but here we are now and we know that it's not true so i wanted to tell you the listeners that they don't know what the fuck's happening at the restaurant they don't even know if the restaurant's open so don't trust them. Go on Google first. See if your KFC is open. <laughs> and then order. And that's what I did the third time. <laughs> and I got $5 off because I had a $5 credit. I knew it was going to survive in this country when I was able to fight for myself in English. Sure. No. Fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, you were very nicely, very politely b- say, listen, this is happening. I still need to get the chicken. If you are not the person, if you are not the person to go, who do I go to? I understand you have your limitations, so please yes, direct next time me to I the need person. To, that's what I should say. I'm gonna call you the next time. Yeah, I'm very. Good. I don't know if I'll be ordering KFC again. It really didn't hit the spot like I thought it was going to. And this is nothing against KFC. This is just me. But it, it was such a harrowing experience. Like I just went through so much to get it. I thought when I got it, I was gonna be like, wow. No, I was not. 
nice. But I did sit on the floor. I did my nails. I eat my chicken. I had a beer. <laughs> you know? And, you know, for a brief moment, everything was okay. <laughs> right after the... <laughs> everything was okay. Once I finally got the chicken. <laughs> About two hours later. They did that to me. Uh, I ordered Jollibee. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, yeah. And you all had to go down there and pick it up. I know because the guy's like, okay, we're going to toss this chicken and you're going to still get charged. That one got a piece of the Karen that's inside me. That's fair because why you have to be a dick like that? Mm -hmm. Listen, public announcement. When you see people ordering fried chicken, they need emotional support. Fried chicken is not something you just buy. Okay? Fried chicken hits a spot inside. In the heart. (laughs) It's not only the stomach that is empty. Okay. It's the same with the doubles. Exactly. So if you see people ordering fried chicken, leave them the fuck alone. Don't make it difficult. Don't mess with the fried fucking chicken. Don't make it difficult. Just let them get their chicken. They need it. It's one of those like, it's a support situation. Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh, just to update everyone. I'm going to say it officially. Bonnie is not having surgery again. Not for the yes, Susanna, celebrate. If you think she may have been spontaneously healed, that is not the case, right? But instead, we have to give a shout out to OVC, which is the veterinary hospital in Guelph, as well as Dr. Colpitz, who is the cardiologist at Toronto Veterinary Emergency yes, Hospital. Let yes, me tell yes. you about these HBICs. And for people who don't know what HBIC means, those are the head bitches in charge. These people <laughs> do not fuck around with the health of your dog. So I took Bonnie to see Dr. Colpitz, who advised that she had this pulmonary stenosis and she likely needed surgery. Now, this is all a... Uh, just give me my money. I'll go in and do the surgery kind of thing. She said, uh-uh. I wanted to be on medication for a while. Let's stabilize her. But you know, instead of me just rushing to do the surgery, I want to go get a second opinion. So we're going to send her to OVC so she can see another specialist. And let's see what's going on. You know? Go all the way to Guelph to see about getting this dog checked. And they were like, yeah, we checked out her heart valve. And she definitely has a stenosis. And she definitely should have some kind of surgical intervention the valve is in a good condition to do this i'm like okay so here i am waiting for her to get the call like surgeries here it is surgeries here surgeries here then today they called and i'm like okay this is it you know because i'm just there doing match trying to figure out how the fuck am i going to afford all these bills Mm. and he goes we met with a third opinion so they got another cardiologist involved and they said they looked at all the cases they had of dogs her size, her breed, with this condition. And they said because of the high mortality rate and the high rate of side effects, they do not advise that Bonnie does the surgery. And I know she still has this stenosis, but the reality but is... it's under control. It's under control. But the reality is these people could have said, there's a risk to the surgery. Come bring her, pay us mm-hmm. this $5,000. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. going to do the surgery. Oh, mm-hmm. she died. Well, we told you there was a risk. You know what I mean? No. He's like, no, she's, you know, she's being managed. She seems like she's in good health. We're just going to, for now, we think she just had medical intervention. And now I just, I honestly feel lost. <laughs> because you've been building it's up. It's been a year. For this. I'm like, Bonnie has surgery, Bonnie has surgery, Bonnie. I'm like mentally this is preparing the year. myself. This it's going to happen. This it's going to happen. And I'm scared. I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is good. Once she has it, she'll be better. You know, like. Because all the plans are. If Bunny has the surgery, then this. Yeah. When Bunny have the surgery, I then have, this. Listen, I have canceled what? trips. 
I am very often things to go places. I'm like, no, I can't because you know I need to leave a certain amount of money on my credit so that I can pay for this dog surgery. Mm-hmm. Everything has been about this surgery, and now just it's just been poof, just it's gone. And now I don't know what to do. I don't know how to act. But you know how the situation will progress. But what we're hoping is because she's managed right now that it's gonna be a slow, very slow progression. Yes. And we're hoping she can have many, many happy years before we have to make the difficult decision of let's do the high risk surgery and see if she makes it versus leaving her. So we're not at that point yet. Right now we're just gonna leave her as she is. She's gonna take her medication and we're gonna take care of her until she But that's a testament of how well kept she is. You know? Yeah, she's doing good. You know, I'm glad that we got on the medication when we did. Obviously, it would have been better if she had gotten on it earlier so that it mm. wouldn't have been so high. But, you know, nothing happens when it's not supposed to. So, she's doing really well. She's right now laying on the couch. Look at her. All four legs in the air. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck, who the fuck is going to be worried about that? No, bitches. She's living happy. Susanna comes over here and gives her scratches. <laughs> You know, she <laughs> eats well. So for the, all the people who care about Bonnie, she is not having the surgery right now. But the main thing is for her to not to get overweight, but also to not overexercise. So we have to find a, like kind of find like that sweet spot. Yeah. So for right now, she just kind of walks around the apartment because she's not really supposed to run or walk for long distances. Not that she's very interested on in doing either. Yeah, she's, she's like, not just in doing Oil or ducks? No, thank you. Yeah. A trip. Carry no. me. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get into it. Let's get good. into Frank my case. Like, all right. So we're going to Malaysia for this one. Malaysia. I don't even know Have where that is. Malaysia? I don't even know where that is. Let me Google. What's it. the one with the no? You know we're not good at geography here. Don't no, 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 no. No, that's Indonesia. <laughs> Hold on. The one that's different. The friend went to the cafeteria and ordered the thing, and then the the, the that friend was in Indonesia. A... I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. How far is Indonesia from Malaysia? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's stupid. saying it's the same place. We yeah, just need to know. We're educating ourselves here. Not like, oh, all the Spanish peoples are Mexican. No, we just need to know. Fuck. I'm so confused. This is Malaysia. Indonesia's all this? A bunch of islands? The people of Indonesia. <laughs> could you could you explain to us? Defend your land. What is going on? <laughs> could you explain? Like, what is happening? We have now learned where Malaysia is. And it's not Indonesia. And it is not Indonesia. So most people would say that on January 1st, 1956, some sites said 1966, when Mazna Ismail was born, she was born already talented. <laughs> and because of this, she had the spotlight shown on her from a very young age. As a child, she excelled as a water ballet dancer. Very specific. And That's she, uh, isn't that the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the what do you call that the underwater Ay, choreography coño la madre. Um, what do you call those the water choreography people synchronized synchronized <laughs> yes <laughs> and she was so good that she even had her routines broadcast on televisions around the world mm, fancy you know? what's her name again Mazna Ismail Mazna I'm not sure why she didn't continue to pursue this. Got tired of the water. But in her later years, some sites said she was in her 20s at this time. Mazna decided to become a pop singer. Why not? Why not? She already knows how to dance in the water. Well, she already knows how to be a star, really. 
you know, because she already had her stuff all over the world. And she's she's, she's gifted. Okay. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be a music star, and mm -hmm. a star indeed needed a star's name. So she dropped Mazna, and from that point on, she was called Mona Fande. <laughs> <laughs> that is her name. I would like to remind you that this is a story about a witch. I'm trying to be as respectful as possible so that I don't come get hexed. My life just turned around. My dog just got off of a surgical list. I'm not trying to fuck around. <laughs> anyway, Mona was going to make it and make it big. What is wrong with you? She can't be named Mona. You know what Mona means? Monkey, monkey. Mona means monkey? Yeah. For Venezuelans, Mana, Mana is the female monkey. For Colombians, Mona is blonde. To us, it's just Mona. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Mona released an album called Diana. And even had a hit song, I wouldn't dare pronounce. But according to Google, the, the title translate to I Sing This Song. Okay? If the translation is wrong, please blame Google, not me. Anyway, Mona was doing well for herself, but I guess it wasn't enough. <laughs> Listen, listen. I guess it wasn't enough. She felt called to do something beyond music. So she did the logical thing and she became a witch doctor. <laughs> what? what the fuck is this? Okay, 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 okay. Hold on. Uh -huh. Bless with talent. Birth. Yes, with talent. Synchronized swimmer. Sure. Got tire? Singer. Yes. Got tire? Witch doctor. Wish doctor. Explain <laughs> for those that don't know, wish doctor. Well, a witch doctor is somebody who dabbles in the unofficial art <laughs> <laughs> of mystical treatment. <laughs> so you call him the spirit. <laughs> Listen, when I die, don't fucking call me. Fuck you. I'll be like, Susanna, you are there. No, bitch. Instead of, a instead of like a prescription, they will recommend hexes or this drink, this beverage, and it will solve all your problems. How exactly she became a witch doctor is unknown, but she and her husband, and I believe this is her third husband at that point, named Noor Afendi Abdul Rahman, started working as traditional shamans, also called Bomos. Like I said, if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, you know, don't drag me, okay? It's spelled B-O-M-O-H. To me, that's Bomo. Anyway, perhaps they were in it for the money. Or maybe they had natural talents in the arts, but they were performing as Bomos and they were successful at it. Mm -hmm. One site called Bomos Oriental Televangelists because their far-reach and ability to draw people in and take their money was so you know, significant. I would like to stress here that I didn't say any of this. I wrote that down because I am not, I am not trying to fuck up I, the scene, you know? This is so surprising from the scariest person here. Yeah, yeah, but this it was You're so interesting. It was so interesting. I'm just telling you that one site said so. So if there are any bomos out there, do not come for me. Go to the site. Go mm -hmm. there. And check sources. the link. Go check our sources. <laughs> Go right? to the sources. I don't know about Mona and her husband's organic talents in the arts. I will continue to call them the arts. But they were kicking ass as witch doctors, making a real bank. People really believed in their abilities and would come from far and wide to have them perform rituals mm -hmm. to make their dreams come true. 
Mona and Nur lived lavishly as a result of their magical popularity, owning a few houses and bungalows, as well as a collection of luxury cars. Mona knew how to spend money. That's what we learned. Mona knew how to spend money. In mm-hmm. fact, the couple rarely liked staying at home, even though they had all those homes, and would instead stay at hotels despite them owning multiple properties. According to some sources, belief in witchcraft has been commonplace amongst the Malay population, and business was never lacking customers. Mm-hmm. So much so that Mona and Nur had to hire an assistant named Jeremy Hussein, who dabbled in amphetamines to keep up with all the demand for their services. I don't know what role the amphetamines played, but I mean, What's if you're amphetamines? on like meth. <laughs> <laughs> I need meth to keep up with this. Talk about work. I'm just toxic saying, when you're in a certain mental space, it's easier for maybe you to accept the blessings you have gone for. <laughs> yes. Right? Anyway, so she dabbled in the amphetamines to keep up with the demand from this okay. for the services, right? And that demand often came from high-profile sources like politicians. Mm. In fact, she also claimed to have provided politician clients or political clients mm-hmm. in the ruling United Malays National Organization or UMNO party. So she provided them with a variety of charms mm-hmm. and talismans, which were meant to keep them in power and keep them successful. Do you know, Chavez, it's being mm-hmm. alleged mm-hmm. that... Do you know Simon Bolivar? These brujos from cuba neil which is mitch's they said to him that if he got bolivar's body out of the coffin uh-huh mm-hmm. and do something with it he will stay in power so he did it okay then you know where this story might be going so she provided this top party with these talismans mm-hmm. and charms mm-hmm. and uh, it was intended to keep them in power and keep them going in 1993 mm-hmm. maslan idris Okay. Not to be confused with, with Mazna, which was Mona's first name. Mm-hmm. But this we're guy's calling name her is Mona now, so we call it her Mona uh-huh. now. Yes. Yeah. So this is Mazlan, mm-hmm. was a state assemblyman for the Batu Talam constituency in the Pahang state, and he approached the trio for their witchcraft services. Mm-hmm. Mona and her entourage were commissioned to help him advance his political career with the UMNO party, that same party. Mm-hmm. For this advancement, the witch doctors provided Maslan with the talismans of a cane and headgear owned by former Indonesian president Sukarno. The deal Mona promised Maslan was that as long as he held the talisman, Mm -hmm. he would be invincible. And as payment for his newfound power, Mona demanded a payment of 2.5 million Malaysian ringgits which worked out to be just over Canadian $720,000, which is okay. significant for the time of 1993. Mm-hmm. Maslan paid them a deposit of about 500000 ringgits, and the rest he paid for in land deeds. Gave up all his property, yeah. all his stuff, so he could get his hands on this cane and this headgear mm-hmm. so he could stay in power and be invincible. The thing is, when dealing with bomos, if you're on their good side... You'll have all your wishes handed to you. But if you're on their bad side, you might as well kiss your ass goodbye. Because they're just as likely to curse or hex you as they are to turn the tides in your favor. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Maslan did to Mona exactly, mm-hmm. but he must have pissed her off because of what she did next. What did she do? 
Maslan had complaints. He's not getting enough money. It he didn't, didn't win. Well, it didn't seem like the talismans were working. <laughs> he made no significant advancement. Mm-hmm. And he was expecting swift changes in his political standing, given what he was shelling out for their mm-hmm. unique services. I mean, he gave them half a million. Yes. And he gave them all he land. When Maslan brought this to Mona, she suggested a cleansing ritual because he had too much negative energy around yes, him, yes. blocking all of his blessings. Yes. Stay positive. No, I'm going to stop here to say yes. <laughs> like, sometimes I truly believe if you surround yourself by a bunch of, bunch of bullshit people or by a bunch of negativity, it really could deter positive things from happening to you. So on this score, up to now, I'm like, okay, okay. In the story, I'm like, mm-hmm. But he don't want his juju getting blocked because he already spent us all this money. Yeah. He ready for the good stuff to roll in. Exactly. So he's like, yes, let us do the cleansing ritual. Mm-hmm. Whether or not Maslan was cleansed was unknown. But what we did know was that he was never seen alive again. <laughs> in fact, yes, in fact, his decapitated, dismembered, and partially skinned body would be all that was left of him. So what happened? Based on various accounts, after not telling anyone where he was going, mm-hmm. Maslan left home on July 2nd, 1993 to help his secret cleansing ritual at a cottage or a bungalow, like a, a what we call in Trinidad, a flat house, meaning it don't have multiple stories, mm-hmm. in the Kapung Puras, which was in an isolated forested area. It's important to note that he stopped first and he withdrew 30,000 Malaysian ringgits Mm -hmm. or a little over 8,600 Canadian on the way. It seems like cleanses were expensive. So not only did Mm -hmm. he pay for the talisman. The two millions. Because it was his fault he was negative. How dare he? He had to come with more money to be cleansed. right? Pay, pay, bitch, pay. (laughs) Now, who would go in the bush in the middle of the night to see a witch doctor? I don't know. The one that's believed that the head of the king is the one that kits you into politics. Well, if you just spend all your money and land on what to be appeared to be a useless keepsake... To be honest, I would do my due diligence too to get my mm-hmm. money's worth. I mean, we're already here, just like lean into it, you know? <laughs> exactly. So it should be noted that one source said Maslan carried a revolver just in case. Mm. Like, he didn't trust these people either. You see, negativity. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 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 what are we going to do like this? You can keep on going with this. That's what the people you want. You already have the <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Yes. Then let the wish work. <laughs> Shit. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he did carry a revolver. And yes, now that you've pointed it out, that probably was a negative thing to do. Right? But there was no evidence to support he had a chance to use it. Um, we know he went to be cleansed. Okay? <laughs> But what the hell actually happened? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the police were already looking at Mona and her team for their practices. But it seems they had suspicions they were involved somehow. Okay. And got their big break when they were able to pick up Jeremy on a drug charge. You know, the one who have the man. Ah, the assistant. Yeah, the assistant <laughs> with the amphetamine. <laughs> and then after they asked him a few little questions, he started to sing like a fucking bird. <laughs> 
It seems Maslan was a dead man walking. The plan all along was to kill him, possibly for his potential to ruin their business by telling people his 2.5 million Malaysian ringgit juju wasn't working. Upon reaching the bungalow, Maslan was led into the kitchen with a stone slab counter. He was ordered to lay on the surface for his flower bath ritual, intended to release him of any negativity and flood him with more riches than he could ever imagine. Believing in magic, because he ain't no muggle, Maslan laid on the counter while the trio in their official ceremonial garb started the ritual in which he was doused with fragrant water and told by Mona to, quote, put your head back, close your eyes, and soon you'll feel the money falling down from the sky. With full belief that these things would and could only go his way, Maslan closed his eyes, and put his head back, and was imme- which was immediately severed by Jeremy with a hatchet. After, That's what you need the at. After they dismembered him mm. and stored his body in 18 pieces in a storeroom near Mona's house, Mona was done, done and dusted. She was like, okay, we're done with this. Following the killing, Mona did what any remorseful woman would do in her position. She went shopping. And she shelled out some coin for a facelift. Mm. She got herself a nice facelift. So armed with Jeremy's confession and Mona's cold-hearted behavior in the aftermath, the authorities arrested the witch doctors for murder. During the trial, Mona's behavior was at best considered strange. Mona was constantly smiling as if she was happy to have the publicity associated with the murder and straight up happy just to be famous again. Mm -hmm. Because remember, she was trying to be famous all this time. She would... Wave at spectators on her way to court (laughs) and wear colorful outfits as if it was her personal runaway. In fact, crowds would gather with people shouting their love for Mona and she remarked, quote, looks like I have many fans. The way she behaved as though she was the one in charge and completely unbothered by the court proceedings really fucking freaked people out. And rumors were running wild. One of the most popular rumors was that the Bomo used her powers in the night to leave the jail and roam around. Her reputation and her demeanor had people terrified to be on her bad side. And even (laughs) more people fully expected she would get off. Because people too fucking afraid to say, you're guilty. However... At the end of the trial by a seven-person jury, on February 9th, 1995, the High Court found all three of them guilty and sentenced them to death by hanging. Mm. After being handed her death sentence, she said, and I quote, I am happy and thank you to all Malaysians. You know, like she won a pageant? Yeah. Yeah. World peace. World peace, <laughs> yes. That's exactly <laughs> With a smile on her face. Oh, shit. She was photographed smiling as usual as she was led from the court to prison. All three defendants filed appeals, but they were dismissed as well as their final request for clemency in 1999. Mm-hmm. And they were finally hanged at 5.59 a.m. on November 2nd, 2001 at the Kajang prison. It's claimed her final words were, quote, I will never die. And she was still calm and smiling as she was led to her fate. Mona was 45 at the time of her death. Since her death, Mona's ghost has been seen haunting the prison. And it's claimed her bungalow where the murder occurred is also haunted, which I I could believe. 
Anyway, Mona started trending in 2020 with one person saying, quote, looking at our politicians now, I'm starting to feel like Mona Fande was a hero. <laughs> and another saying, you know people are getting so tired of politicians when Mona Fande begins trending out of nowhere. <laughs> As people share their complete distaste for politicians, especially in light of the global pandemic, mm-hmm. some people still expect Mona to be resurrected one day. And that is the story of La Bruja. That's scary. Isn't it? Yeah, she's straight down, down to the end. She's like, I, I will not die. See you around. Yeah. See you later. Mm. Shit. I'll cheat my pen. Right if she there. said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I go to sleep. No. Well, the thing I found the most creepy about her was her smile, to be honest. And I'm not sure if it's because she had but that facelift. Probably. Prob- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm telling you the truth. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, hold on. <laughs> Why are you gonna traumatize me? Look. Oh, ah, that's creepy. Yeah, right? But the point is is that, you know, people are like, yeah, she coming back. And now people are starting to feel like she was a hero because she used to take out all of them <laughs> politicians. I just found this story so interesting. I don't even know how I found it, as usual. I'm on there looking for something else, and then I find this, and I'm like, wow, this is weird. It is weird. She had, like, three children, I think. I think. And she had three husbands. And it's the last husband who she went to jail with and got hanged. I'm not sure what the situation is with her children, like, where they went, if they're with her family, if they're with the father's family. I don't know. I don't know if the children are from before this marriage. You understand what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not That's sure. That's very weird, is weird. But she went down swinging. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She tried to be serious. You couldn't. I mean. Because she did the smile. No, I think I think that just made people uneasy. You know, it's like almost like she knows something you don't know, kind of thing. But then she's that's always just people smiling. being like wicked. I mean, you know. What do you mean? If, even if they know they're not gonna fucking come back, they know they're just gonna fuck with people's mind, regardless. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you think this story is weird, but it was one of those things where I came across it and I just <laughs> didn't want to be scared by myself. <laughs> so I just wanted to share it just with other people. You decided to scare <clears throat> us all. If I have to know, everybody had a look. No. Regale me with a story, bitch. Let's go. Okay. Teenage. Right, but not teenager. On Monday, October 2nd, 2017, in Metford, Oregon, Sierra and Olivia, F-R-I-A-R. Friar? That one. Friar. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Went downstairs, and they see the living room. They were at their father's house. They were ready to go to school. They were not ready, but they were supposed to go. Yeah, get start ready. getting ready yeah, to yeah. go to school. Mm-hmm. There. And their father, Arun Ferrer, mm-hmm. it's not there either. Like, he's nowhere to be seen. Also, their sister, Ellen, was not there. Mm-hmm. So, living room messy. Yes. Father, not there. Mm-hmm. Sister, not, not there. there. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. They got scared. They called the father's girlfriend, Michelle Robinson. When Michelle came into the house, 
saw the living room, noticed that Arun's car is missing. She called the police. Mm -hmm. She said, some shit went down. Something is up. At 6.42 a.m., the police arrived to the house and they confirmed. It looks oh, yes. like yeah. something went down here and it wasn't something. a party. It was that something happened. Some shit. Right? Mm -hmm. They report Arun missing and the car is missing. What the fuck happened? I like to say here that in the area, there has been happening some break-ins. Okay. So... All this fuss. Yeah, but what about Ellen? They're like, okay, we report the comments. Uh -huh, and uh -huh. Arun Little what background, about? little background. Ellen's, Olivia, and Sierra's parents, Arun and Maggie, were separated. Okay. So it's often that the girls will go back and forth. So it so was they very were like, easy. It's possible, she might it's possible that she's... Okay. Also, the background is that there, there has been break-ins around the area. Right, 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 right. right. Living on. It's messy. Is messy. Our own is not there, mm -hmm. car is not there. Yes. Okay. Right? This is only 6.42 a.m. That's a lot for first thing in the morning. On a Monday. On a fucking Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shit. By 9.52, they found Arun's car. But Arun was not there. And the car was found only less than 10 kilometers from Arun's house, the Furrer house. Mm -hmm. Very weird. Where is Arun? Hey, why wouldn't you just go home? Exactly. Between 6.42 and 9.52, they're trying to talk and see where Ellen is. One of the neighbors says, hey, I have a camera. I have a camera. I have a camera. Police look at the camera and they see the car Arun's car going, like passing through. And they see a woman sitting on the front seat or the shape of a girl, a woman, a petite woman. At 10.51 a.m., four kilometers from where the car was found, three people got arrested. The three people that they think they saw. On the camera. I thought they only the saw the woman. They saw a woman. I didn't say they only see a woman. Well, you, ah. for fuck's sake. <laughs> okay. Who got arrested? Mm -hmm. You may ask. And then got arrested. <laughs> okay. And her boyfriend, mm. Gavin Curtis. Mm. Mac Lolo. What is his last name? I don't know. It's Mac for Nalex. What? I don't know how they call this. You sure it's not McFarlane and you added an X? Because McFarlane is a name, not Mark McFarlane X. I'm going to Google Gavin McFarlane X now. Google it! It's McFarlane. You added an X. Uh, Gavin is 19 years old. And <laughs> Russell Pierce John II. Wow, that's a name. Isn't that Russell Pierce John II? Johns. Johns. J-O-N-E-S. Jones. Whatever. <laughs> How this three these three peoples connect together? Yeah. Ellen and Gavin met at their South Medford High School. They started dating, but Gavin left school half year or quarter year before finishing. But he's 19 and she's 15. So when they start dating and Arun and Maggie found out, they said, fuck no. You're too young to have a 19-year-old mm -hmm. boyfriend. So you are forbidden for dating this man. What did Ellen do? What did she do? You can't tell me shit. 
I love my mom. I love my mom. Mm-hmm. And she continued to see Gavin secretly. She would say to her, I'm going to stay in a friend's house to study. Okay, you go and study my perfect, beautiful daughter. And she was studying nowhere. She was with Gavin. Once Ellen's father discovered that they were still dating, he did the responsible thing. Instead of calling the police, what did he do? Showed up by Gavin's house. He said, you fucking date, keep on dating my daughter. Yeah. You have to stop or else. Right now, we all know that it's a teen romance. Romeo and Juliet. So, of course, regardless of Aaron's threats and requests. Yes. Gavin and Ellen continue to see each other. Because they are inventing love. They are in love. Not just in love. They're inventing it. They are in love. Nobody has ever been in love like that. Now, they have bring that third party. And what is Russell's part? Yes. According to Ellen, Aaron was abusive towards her. And Russell, he was in the business of protection services How for old is only runaways. So anybody under 20, anybody who will legally be a runaway, consider a runaway, he is in the service of protecting them. First of all, that would be anybody under 18, because anybody over 18 would be considered an adult, I'm assuming. Mm. Secondly, what? Yes. And how did she meet him? And how old is Russell then? 22. Oh. Russell's whole purpose it was to help this needed soul get out of their awful situation and help them run away to a safe place because she was being abused who was being abused by her father mm-hmm. so russell gavin and ellen were planning their runaway and they were going to hit when she became 16 years old oh they were gonna hide until she became 16 no 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 they were the go time go time when she turned 16 okay because you know 15 is illegal 16 is not 16 is not and then if 16 is not i'm not entirely sure if part of the decision is like in the states i don't know but i've seen some cases where they're like you carried a minor across state lines so once you've left the state it's now a federal offense americans in the comments don't come for me, but th- this is what I believe. So perhaps they did their they due diligence and Russell was able to tell them, you know, you can't really tr- leave with her when she's 15. Yeah, but they have to rush the escape. They have to rush the escape. Because Ellen claimed that Arun was sexually abusing her. Mm. So they said no more. And on September 30th, 2017, Russell and Gavin went into the house to start taking their stuff, Ellen's stuff. Yeah. But when they broke in, they found out that Michelle, Arun's girlfriend, was in the house. They said, oh shit, we cannot take shit. Out they went. On Monday, October 2nd, it was go time. Mm. Ellen, Russell, and Gavin said, no more. We have to do this today. So Russell and Gavin get to Ellen's house around 2 a.m. This time, instead of breaking in and making all them noises, Ellen opened the window and let Gavin in. Ellen said, my dad is sleeping in the living room. So they linger around planning their new life. 
what were they gonna do? And Ellen gave Gavin brand new information. She said, we're having a baby. Oh my. I am pregnant. <gasps> Gavin is determined to take her. He said, no, now I'm taking my family. This kid is 15 and she's already pregnant. Well, according to her. According to her, hang into that. So the plan is to gather all this stuff and go, you would think. But Gavin said, I need to defend my woman. By 2.30 in the morning, Ellen gives Gavin a aluminum bat. And she says, and I quote, get it done. Oh my, she's cold. Gavin goes downstairs and did get it done. While he was asleep, he stroked his head until he heard no more gurgling. Oh my God. And then continue with the body. When it was done, Gavin texted Ellen and Russell, it's done. Both of them enter into the room. During the interrogation, Russell said that when he went in, the, the scene was so gross that he threw up. So he ran to the bathroom, threw up, and then come back. When he comes back, Ellen is cleaning up and Russell and Gavin proceed to wrap Arun in a blanket and a towel and took the body, dump it in the car, in the trunk. Ellen went into the house, say goodbye to her little sisters, stole money from Arun's wallet, got in the front seat and left. So the little sisters didn't wake up when she said goodbye no, to them? No, just, just a little oh, okay, kiss. Okay. And off they go. Where do you think they go? McDonald's. Close enough, Walmart. They were feeling for junk food. Murders do that too. Ellen used the money that she stole from her father to buy junk food. And guess what? A pregnancy test. Because you know now, she's a pregnant, abused, runaway but girl. she's doing the pregnancy test now? So she's already pregnant? But they're stupid. Okay. <laughs> now, Russell says, hey, I have another errand to go. And they went into a government's office to claim a check. But on the camera footage at this government office, you see them going like, bitch, we need to get going. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't claim his check and they all left. Okay. They drove 10 kilometers from their house where they dispose of Arun's body along with the towel and all the stuff that were even the clothes that Gavin was wearing or the clothes that had noticeable blood stains. And they started walking. In less than an hour, the three of them got intercepted by the police and arrested. I have linked the interrogation here because I watched these things twice. And I'm gonna say a little bit of the three. The one that is saying the most random shit is Russell. <laughs> like Russell is like going to the police. Hey, you know I'm in the business. He he, he disclosed. He's oh he's an entrepreneur. Like he disclosed. <laughs> what do you? He also says to the police. Oh, I won't give you a hard time because you seem to be one of the good cops. Okay. They take him into different rooms and then they started the interrogation because Russell was talking, 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 talking. He was the one that stayed by himself in the interrogation room the longest because Russell kept on talking as if he was talking to somebody else. Oh, so he was talking and to himself. Yes. 
Oh, so he and, was just waiting for him to just give up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he's <laughs> dropping hints here and there. He kept on saying, release Gavin and Ellen to me. You should run a drug test on Ellen to know that she's not on drugs. And her parents, and then she, he goes, <clears throat> Her parent should be able to tell you that the one on drugs is her. This guy is singing left and right. Within all the things that didn't make sense, he was dropping hints about what happened. In the middle of this, he's keep on saying things like, oh, you better listen to me or I will release my bipolar. You can't really schedule bipolar behavior. At least you shouldn't be able to. I mean, I'm not bipolar, but I'm not entirely sure it's something that you have complete command of. Meanwhile, Ellen, in the other room, she's talking like a little baby. Hello. It's like the sweetest motherfucker. She says her name is Rain. Rain Rose. What is this story? And she is 18 years old. Meanwhile, all the police, they know all them chat. So she said that she doesn't want to talk. That she she wants her lawyer and why not? Now you ask Gavin. Gavin is very composed. He is like, okay, what's your name, Gavin? Cool. Oh, and where were you walking? Oh, uh, <laughs> why were you this day doing this? Mm-hmm. Like he's very, you know. Mm-hmm. Twenty minutes into the conversation, Gavin goes, "I'm sorry." Out of nowhere. I knew he was the one. And he starts singing like a bird. He He said, this man, it's abusing my woman. She's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Oh, who's Ellen to you? Well, I wouldn't call it dating. I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it boyfriend. boyfriend Because we've just been together for six months. I just want to stop here to say, just interject here to say, I really love how commitment does be the limit for men. <laughs> like, it's not she is pregnant. It's not I will bust somebody head with an aluminum bat. Mm-hmm. It's is she your girlfriend? Well, you know, well, the other ones are like, yeah. <laughs> but is, is she your girlfriend? Commitment. I don't mm. know. That'll seem, that'll seem <laughs> heavy to me. Like, but that not seem like too fast. It sounds like a lot. But for only six months? Yeah. Mm. But but pregnancy mm-hmm. and busting somebody head yes. open. Yes. No. Yes. You understand? And fully justify. <laughs> yeah, that always cracks me up. It's like I was like, did you commit this murder? Yeah. Yes. Did you get her pregnant? Yes. Yeah. Is she your girlfriend? Ah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know. Listen, let's stop you right there. I mean, <laughs> did I kill for her? Yes. Did I get her pregnant? Yes. But is this a serious relationship? No. No. No, 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 no. You're just, you're going too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so if you want to see more details of the interview, they're there. Obviously, when Gavin started singing, the police was able to put together all the timeline. Of course, Russell was the one the police couldn't understand why he was behaving like that. They surely... After the second policeman interviewed him, they found out that, yeah, he has be, he's a fully diagnosed bipolar. Is he that was, Russell, really? Mm-hmm. The one who wanted to schedule the release of his bipolar? Yes. Okay. He was... Do you know when somebody take you in but not adopt you f- legally? I don't want to say foster. That, uh, yeah, I was going to say foster. It's not foster. I was going to say hostage. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> No. 
No, no, no. So when they interviewed this lady, she said that she found Russell lingering around and she found him to be very protective. He would say, yes, I have this disease and why not? But the thing that would trigger him to do things or to react violently will be the idea of him protecting another person. Okay. It's alleged that he was abused when he was younger because they don't know much about his life. Russell was also on the spectrum of autism. When they interviewed Gavin's friends, they said, because Gavin said that he did all this to defend Ellen. Ellen. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Erin was abusing her and why not. So they interviewed friends and classmates and why not. And they said that Gavin will have two personalities. He's either too nice if he's given and why not. Other people will say like he was aggressive. He was also on the spectrum. Huh. Right? Ellen. Ellen was sane as fuck. Nothing was wrong with her. What was wrong with her? That she's just cold-blooded bitch. She's like, what? What, you, what happened to my father? Oh, my. I don't understand. Don't like, you have to see the interview if you want to see how fucked up these three are. In the end, in 2018, Gavin, now 21, was found guilty of homicide and third-degree rape and sentenced to life in prison. Because she's 15. And he just found out that she was not pregnant well. right before the trial. Because, you know, you know, it's been two years. No baby. No <laughs> oh, <one>. shit. <laughs> In 2019, Ellen was sentenced to 25 years in prison for conspiracy to commit murder and conspiracy to commit burglary. Burglary. Because she's the one who technically put him up to the murder. How come she didn't get more time? Because they couldn't prove that she actually was the one. The because of when they start, when they gather all the information, they discovered that Gavin was aggressive, right, and yeah. he like he he will go he will get into fights and why not? So, what the persecution used was that this man just found a reason to kill, like or. Or and he just fucked like or mm-hmm. she knows that it would trigger him to act mm. when she was sentenced she will have to start in juvenile facility until she's 25 the judge put her there so that we provide her the sources to make her turn around yeah or reform her life fuck you at 15 you really 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 that cold that you're gonna no daddy doesn't let me see the love of my life kill Fuck you. They found a whole draft of their plan. They had it down to the deep. The only difference was that instead of the Saturday, September 30th, they did it on the October 2nd. During her trial, she said, I'm not the same scared little girl I was over a year ago. I've seen all different kinds of people and now see humanity from a new compassionate perspective. Okay. Jill will do that to you. I don't believe Finally, on August 11, 2021, Russell Jones II, he was sentenced to 15 years mm-hmm. with two years of post-prison supervision. Isn't that parole? I don't know. Like, I guess it is parole, but maybe they'll do more for him. 
So he like he's they might trying, put them in some kind of outreach program or something like that. He was guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and attempted robbery. On the links, you have the interview. These people did a great, 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 great job. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's fascinating because you know, who would think that a teenager should be be so entitled that? Oh, you're not giving me what I want? Let me kill you, bitch. She was never able to prove Aru abused her verbally, emotionally, physically, or sexually. I'm not surprised to hear that. I was going to say how, you know, you said you don't believe her when she said that now she sees the world differently and that she's not the same person and blah, blah, blah. I really feel like jail will humble your ass, you know. I think, like, on TV, people feel like, yeah, I'm tougher, 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 I can go to jail. But I feel like the reality of jail, like just off the bat, I know I'm not cut out for jail, I'll die. And yeah. that's because I need products. <laughs> I need products and I need But they'll strip, you, they'll strip you down from your... Yeah. You're not... Like, you're nobody, you yeah. know? Like, you're number. Yeah, exactly. But not only that, like, just, just I think I can rough it. Then I think about all the things I need just to exist as I am right now. Yeah. The things that make me comfortable are not the things they will give you in prison. No. And I'm not even a bougie rich person. And when I have a pain, I want access to the drugs that will take away that yeah. pain. Not just like baby Panadol. When I'm cold, I want to put on my heated blankie. <laughs> and then I'll probably get my ass cut for the blanket. Yeah. Somebody else will probably be like, give me that fucking blanket. Yes. And then, yeah, okay, I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> you know? And you think, oh yeah, I can do it. I'm a bad bitch. Da, 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 da. No, I'm not a bad And I know, I'm talking about Ellen. I'm thinking, I think when they were so entitled teen, that they thought that nothing no, is like, gonna... All these things seem cool, I think, when you're a teen. Like, oh, he's defending me. It's so dramatic. Everything is high drama. Yeah, we're gonna kill him. We'll be together. We'll be on the run. Da, 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 da. And then they get humbled by the reality of life. Like, no, but you can't do whatever you want. Hmm. Well, isn't that life regardless? Yeah, but I think teens have this. Not me. I always thought, you know, I was always afraid of like dying or getting sick. But I think most teens like that are normal have this air of invincibility about them. Like I am, I am invincible. I became invincible from night, like close twenty to twenty-four. Like I thought, nobody will touch me. Listen, the I my that wild was my years, wildest. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. Shit, I'm gonna say twenty-one mm. to twenty-five. Mm-hmm. With my friends in university, my gosh, I think my mother probably saw me three times total. <laughs> For them, <laughs> I was just out, 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 out yeah. every night, drinking every night. And, I, and the you don't know that but I would not do highly functional alcoholic work or internship or whatever. Yeah. Now hour. I need three to five business days <laughs> to recover from this beer that we had just now. I might still be recovering from my twenties mm-hmm. today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what i'm gonna say is that yeah i think like real life will humble you real quick if you're running around like bitch i got this mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and i think that was ellen and i think now that she's making this plea i actually do think she's probably sorry but i don't think she's sorry for what she did i think she's more sorry for not the fact that she got caught sooner. and not yeah. realizing that hey i should have probably That's not done this exactly how i feel mm-hmm. i mean well oh, you know, know ellen use your 25 years to really reflect on your life choices okay Things could be worse. You could have been hanged like Mona. All right, go ahead, Susanna. Take us away. We know nothing. So please go to the sources on our... 
Besides the beer. And the Hennessy on a Tuesday, but you're talking shit. Look at you, can't even read our outro. I'm leaving this in, you know. Why are you leaving this? I just want people to know. <laughs> go ahead, take us away. <laughs> we know nothing, so please go to the sources linked on our Instagram at Criminally Clueless or on our website at criminallyclueless.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those ratings. Hey, we might be clueless. But that's not a crime. I really thought I was going to fuck that up, you know, and then you're yeah. going to laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs>